At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Friday, April 9th, we are a week into the MLB regular season and to uh, steal some words from future, life is good. You know what I mean? I just watched your mean Mercedes hit a ball to the International Space Station. I'm feeling great. 85 feet. 485, Peter Apple. We've got Dustin Demeter joining us too. This is the Project to Play podcast coming to you every Tuesday, every Friday, and sometimes more than that. Uh, let's start with Dustin because... Pete, you have done a podcast episode with Dustin already. It was the exhaustive opening day recap. Dustin, I want to know how you say the name of the state that you play baseball in. How I say it, uh, just Hawaii, you know. <laughs> I'm not that localized yet where I got to, you know, make the pronunciation and everything. But, uh, Jack, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting you one day. <laughs> but, yeah, man. Uh, it's weird. No, this is how people meet in 2020. It's fine. 2021. Kind of forgot Zoom, Zoom stuff. Zoom stuff. You know, Pete, happy vaccination, dude. I just got the vaccination yesterday. Thank you for saying. I feel like it's a very big occasion these days. But my left arm feels like I got just punched, right? Like I, I'm I'm one of those people who definitely tells everyone about the injury and like makes it a big deal. I know Dustin's known that since we've known each other since we were four. So on the podcast to all the listeners, my arm really hurts and I hope people feel bad for me. I got, I got my first one about two weeks ago. I honestly kind of feel like the Hulk, like with a little <laughs> bit of Pfizer just coursing through my veins, but 
Yeah, like my arm was killing and I was so tired the night yeah. after I got it. I was going to post my vaccination live on TikTok during one of my picks, which are going pretty well. We're 12 and 9. You can find them on TikTok at Project the Plate and on my Instagram at Project the Plate as well. We're 12 and 9. So I tried to get a video with the nurse, but she takes my arm and I just didn't feel comfortable at all videotaping that. That's just that wasn't TikTok worthy. I don't want me getting Way a shot on the internet for years yeah. at all. Yeah, I, hear <laughs> I can't you. blame you. Yeah. Dustin, have you gotten yours yet? No, man. I mean, we're out here in Hawaii. So, you know, everything's about like a couple months behind everybody else, you know, <laughs> but uh, um, I think we're trying to do something where we're getting getting all of our guys vac- vaccinated. Uh, don't quote me on that, but uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully soon. So just go back to normal. That'd be that'd be really nice. The Vax conversation actually takes me into the something I heard just because like it was so exciting. And, you know, we talk about baseball, so we're not really modern science guys, but I did like a deep three to four hour dive on mRNA vaccines. And this is my something I heard. I'm hijacking uh, Peter's bit, but I, I'm just going to I'm going to give you the lowdown. And Peter, feel free to ask any follow up questions. And the answer is going to be I don't know. But Jack, I'm so excited to hear this. So so messenger RNA vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna being two of them are like literally what is saving the world. So the whole idea of this mRNA vaccine is in your system. Once you get it in your arm, it'll teach your body to make a like a protein piece that will warrant a response from your immune system. It's not live virus, which is the common thing among vaccinations, right? It's a tiny bit of weakened live virus. This is a quote from the abstract of a study published in Nature Reviews. You ready? I like this. mRNA vaccines represent a promising alternative to conventional vaccine approaches because of their high potency, capacity for rapid development, and potential for low-cost manufacture and safe administration. It continues to say that, quote, Multiple mRNA vaccine platforms against infectious diseases and several types of cancer have demonstrated encouraging results in both animal models and humans. mRNA vaccinations are now diving into the cure for cancer. And like, this is so damn cool. Really? Yeah. Nuts. You know, I have a more of a follow-up question to that. I feel like what's going to start happening is people are going to start to decide who's cool based on what kind of vaccine you got. And I'm on the Moderna wave and I'm ready to kind of die for it. Like I'm a Moderna through and through people are saying Pfizer, you know, you get three weeks for your second shot. Moderna is a month, but I feel like they make you wait a little bit longer just because it's a little bit better. Are J and J people weirdos? (laughs) I don't know. I think so. Dustin, would you ever get the Johnson and Johnson vaccine? It seems yes. fake. The answer is yes. I'm getting whatever one's whatever one's free. I'm yeah. hopping on board. I think they're all free, which is good. Free and first. Uh, let, let's talk baseball. This is it's good news. But now let's talk about guys that have been a pleasant surprise in the early going. So what we've done is we've picked a guy or two from each division. All three of us have that are pleasant surprises for their side. And the only criteria that we kind of set is that they haven't made an all-star game yet. So, you know, kind of just jumping right in, the AL East has been interesting. And Pete, I know you're a Yankees guy. Toronto has been interesting, especially without George Springer. And I'll get us going because Julian Merriweather has been a fantastic relief pitcher. You said on the last pod, this guy looks like Nolan Ryan. He does. I mean, he's doing 90. I'll let you go, but he's so good. 
He's so good. Um, but I'm actually going to say Steven Matz. Matz threw six and a third, a two-hit ball, one run, one walk, nine punch-outs, sat 95 with his sinker in his first start. That could be a huge bargain for Toronto at $5.2 million this year. And, and Matz could get very decent annual value as an unrestricted free agent next year. My problem with Matz is Matz always shows how great he is right at the beginning. And then he gets an elbow thing or a shoulder thing or a back thing. And then he's out and then he's got a rehab and then he comes back and he's not that great anymore. And then you start the season over again and you're like, holy shit, Steven Matz is so good. (laughs) But he did look really good in his last start for the Blue Jays. My pick, I'm a Yankees guy, but I'm going with Christian Vasquez is so underrated. He's coming off back-to-back seasons in 2019 and 2020, showing some power and the ability to hit for a pretty high average between like 270 and 280, 290. Like I said, consistent power. His last 162 games where I really looked into the stats, I realized that people have to start thinking about Christian Vasquez as a top three, even top four catcher at this point in baseball. In his last 162 games, He's hit 283 with an 810 OPS, 27 home runs for a total of 60 extra base hits. And it's not just the bat. He's one of the better defenders at the position. Not one of the better, excuse me, one of the best defenders at the position. He's tied for third last year in pitch framing metrics. Christian Vasquez is a stud. You know, I don't watch Vasquez play too much. Um, I kind kind of look at the stats and say, okay, he's pretty good. Um, it's just he just kind of bores me. Like that's my <laughs> thing with Vasquez. It's just like it's kind of boring. But um, from what I've seen, he's a really smart hitter. Um, I think a lot of these older catchers are starting to get better as they get older, just because they're starting to sit on different pitches and they're just guessing right more often. I think that's a, the case with Vasquez. I don't think he's like a super talented hitter, but I think he's gotten smarter. For me, my pick, if you really dive into the stats, you realize just how good this guy is, and it's Alex Verdugo for the Red Sox. Combining his 2019 and 2020 with the Dodgers and the Red Sox, listen to these stats because they're, they're kind of mind-blowing, in my opinion. <laughs> um, 300 average, 351 OBP, so he's got 118 OPS+, plus, 18 homers, 38 doubles, eight bags, only 94 strikeouts. It's something that I really like. I like guys that don't strike out much. And I can speak from experience. This guy is insanely good from the outfield too. I mean, he's, he's probably reaching close to triple digits from out there and he can play all three outfield spots. Like he's a stud. I love Alex Verdugo. Verdugo's great. And when we were talking about the Tatis deals uh, in the early goings of this pod, a couple of weeks ago, I, I picked Verdugo over Devers to receive like that long-term deal from the Red Sox. Just because I think like he's got more to reach. I don't know how much more Devers has, right? Like, maybe five more bombs a year, but Verdugo feels like he's just kind of scratching the surface. Yeah, um, I think you could see like 30 homers there at some point. Right. I, two guys from the American League Central that I had no idea were going to be what they are right now. Obviously, you're mean Mercedes. Uh, Akil Badu is standing on his head. Like, what's going on here? I do want to talk about the Twins because I think the Twins, you know, as much as everybody is high on the White Sox, and I'm – I'm there. I'm championing the the push to get the White Sox to the World Series. But the first time through the Twins rotation, not one of their five starters allowed more than one earned run. So Jose Barrios threw six no-hit innings. He struck out 12. He walked none. Like freak of nature. 
had a feeling he and Kenta Maeda were going to be good. But Matt Shoemaker threw six innings of one-run ball. My surprise was the trio of Matt Shoemaker, Michael Pineda, and J.A. Happ. What the they hell? They did look good. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, Michael Pineda and J.A. Happ, former, not failed Yankees, but... Underwhelming. Underwhelming Yankees, and have actually found a home, it seems like, in Minnesota. My AL Central pick comes from the Kansas City Royals. I'm so excited that Michael A. Taylor finally gets a chance to show what he's got. He was never really given a full chance. He was blocked by Soto, Adam Eaton, Victor Robles in Washington. He finally gets a chance with the Royals. And I don't think people understand the size that Michael Taylor has. And maybe it's what I'm saying. I don't know if anybody realizes it. I didn't realize he's 6'4", 215. He's a big dude. He has the he has the power to hit potentially like 25 to 30 home runs. He hit a 493-foot home run in 2015. 493 feet. And he has a st- he has the speed to steal maybe 30 bases. He sold 24 bases in 134 games in 2018. And there are a lot of good young outfielders, infielders in the Kansas City system. But Michael A. Taylor, if he can stay healthy, I think he has just the same amount of talent, and he should be able to stick in center. I I really like Michael A. Taylor this year. So from the AL Central, I've got a guy who is just definitely not a sexy pick at all. But year in and year out, this guy performs, and he's always just a rock-solid player. So I got Cesar Hernandez from the Indians. And I think the numbers will, uh, will, uh, will surprise you a little bit. Like, they're not amazing, but I just don't think this guy gets any credit for how solid he is on a year-to-year basis. No, dude, you say you say not sexy. I say not sexy at all. Yeah. He's He's been in the long I'm not making that argument. Uh, But, okay, listen to the stats, though. And he's been doing it for a while now. Since 2016, 280 batting average, 357 on base, 101 OPS plus. He hits for no power, so that's why he's not sexy. (laughs) You know, he, he averaged, like, 10 home runs in that span. Like it's not, it's not great power average 15 bags. And he actually led the league in doubles last year at 20 doubles in the American league, along with winning a gold glove. So I think you get with Cesar Hernandez, I think you get, you know, an average, slightly above average hitter. It's not going to strike out a crazy amount, plays good defense at second base goal glover. And I just don't think he gets any credit for how solid he is on a year to year basis. He's a, an above average second baseman. You just get remember lost when you, in, the, in the shuffle. Remember when you said that uh, Christian Vasquez just isn't, isn't that guy for you? <laughs> it's a similar situation. Yeah, I mean, Cesar Hernandez is like not that guy for me either. He could win 100 <laughs> gold gloves. I still probably wouldn't notice. Maybe that's my <laughs> fault, or maybe that's just baseball in general. Here's a guy that just wasn't doing it for me whatsoever before yeah. 2021. Um, well, yeah, Cesar Hernandez, but also Kyle Tucker. I mean, everybody was saying that Kyle Tucker was really good. Right. Like that was always the case. Oh, Kyle Tucker. Like yeah. he's the next guy in Houston. And I'm just like, <laughs> where the hell are you getting this? <laughs> are you going to hit soon? Right. Like maybe um, Kyle Tucker has been a major contributor in Houston thus far this year. And, and, you know, you said on Tuesday that the Astros were kind of looking like that team of old, like 2017. They don't have George Springer, the World Series MVP and and their leader on that team. Right. But it seems like Tucker is ready to be a legitimate contributor on a contending team. 
And to that, I say it's about damn time. You look good. I agree. And I have another Astros hitter. And as much as it pains me to say, Yuli Gurriel is really underrated. I mean, it's hard to grasp how actually good of a hitter he is. From 2017 to 2019, he hit almost 300 every single year and doesn't strike out. And he hit 300 and hit 31 home runs in 2019. That's (laughs) MVP level hitting from Yuli Gurriel. And he's mashing right now. He's hitting 400 with a bomb, a couple extra base hits. But the big thing that I've noticed about Yuli Gurriel, and maybe we're taking, um, we're pretty reactionary right now through five games. So, you know, leave us alone. But the big thing is his walk rate is up a ton. He never walks. He never takes pitches. He's got like a, I think he's never had a higher than a 6% walk rate in his career. And now it's at 21%. So I'm saying if he can figure out how to actually take some pitches, and if that batting average stays there and those home runs are there, He's amazing. Okay, I got something on Yuli Gurriel. Um, I had a buddy who was in the Astros system, and he said Yuli Gurriel has the most freaky hand-eye coordination he has ever seen in his life. So Makes I think sense. I think the the hit he's a good hitter. Like he's a really good hitter. What was he what doing? Saying is I'm 100 percent right. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Pete. Whatever, whatever you want to hear there. Um, but Kyle Tucker, I remember seeing his swing in the minors and thinking, wow. That- a special swing and like i was like jack i was just waiting on the production to come but i think it's finally i think he's for real um from the al west i got a pair of guys uh i got another non-sexy pick and then (laughs) a little bit sexier of a pick i think marco gonzalez for the mariners is very underappreciated and not sexy Um, for not sexy at all he throws (laughs) like 88 miles an hour but you know he paints so i like guys who paint um i think they're harder to hit personally so from 2018 to 2020, Marco Gonzalez had 146 innings pitched, about a 180 a year if you factor out COVID. 3.85 ERA, 3.75 FIP, 110 ERA plus, um, and 1.9 walks per nine. So this guy just throws a lot of quality strikes. Uh, he gets hit a little bit. <laughs> he had uh, nine hits per nine during that span. So, you know, he's given up a hidden inning, but he's not walking guys. He led the league last year in walks per nine and strikeout to walk ratio. So I thought that was pretty cool. Marco Gonzalez is what I was in high school, like a, <laughs> a cult favorite. <laughs> and like, um, you know, I was told since like age 10, Hey, if you hit the lower outside corner to right-handed pitchers, like you can be a varsity pitcher. And like, I was that, (laughs) but I was never going to see the next level because holy shit. Could I hit the lower outside corner to righties with some tail, but 75 will not play. We all think we can be Marco Gonzalez, but there's only, there's only a few of them in the league at a time. Um, The other guy is uh, Christian Javier for the Astros. Um, I really like his fastball and I like guys with fastballs too. Uh, (laughs) I, I think he, he's got decent command. He's only 24. He's got a good breaking ball. I think he could be huge for the Astros this season. If he pitches good, they have a legit two in their, in their rotation. Pete, Dustin said he likes guys who paint and guys with good fastballs. <laughs> so I think Dustin just said he likes pitching. Yeah, he just <laughs> – Oh, I hate pitching. <laughs> yeah, I like Dustin my hitters. Pitching. It, to the National League now, in the NL East, Reese Hoskins has been slept on forever. He's been on pre he's been underappreciated for, for quite a bit, but holy smokes, is he hot this week? Has a 420 clip through the first week of the season. He's slugging damn near 1,200 on fastballs. When he sees a fastball this first week, 
I mean, he is annihilating it. And the Phillies honestly may be good enough to apply some pressure on the Mets for a second in that division. Phillies look really good. And my next pick is Sandy Alcantara. The pitcher for the Marlins is really underrated. He was excellent this spring. He was near most top of most of those pitching categories, including strikeouts. He's had an ERA under four for the last three years, but he hasn't struck out a lot of people, but now he's finally making that jump. He increased his fastball velocity. He was 96. He was already throwing hard, but now he's 97 and a half. He increased his changeup usage. I was watching his outing. His changeup looks phenomenal. He works five different pitches. And to me, he's looking like a true playoff number two. And when I say that, he could technically be a top 30 pitcher and technically be an ace. But I think if you're if you're creating a playoff roster and you're looking at who I can put in at the two spot in the rotation, I think Sandy Alcantara of the Marlins is a very good person to fill that role. I'll snap for that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, he throws like 99, got nasty off speed. Now he's striking guys out like he should. I got another guy from the Phillies. Um, I got Didi Gregorius because I think this guy's pretty overlooked. And I think just on a year-to-year basis, he's he's just going to give you good stats. Pete can attest to this. He was on the Yankees, um, hit a bunch of homers. His 162-game average since 2017 is 31 home runs. It's like 30 homer power from a shortstop. He's probably going to give you like 25, 110 OPS plus. So he's an above average hitter. Doesn't strike out a lot. Doesn't walk a lot. And that's why, you know, the analytics boys don't like him. But he doesn't strike out. Um, his def- defensive metrics were pretty bad. But I remember watching him on the Yankees and I liked him. Um, I thought he was a fine defensive shortstop. What do you got on that, Pete? Dustin, you're such a dick. Because for, <laughs> I've known you for 20 years and – Every we, I've been a Yankee fan for my whole life, and whenever we had DD Gregorius, I'm telling Dustin about this new shortstop that we have, and he's like, "Oh, he sucks." What do you mean? He can't play defense. He can't hit. And now he goes to the Phillies, and he's even worse than he was on the Yankees. And now he's Dustin's underrated player. I can't give any Yankees any credit, Pete. You know that. DD yeah. Gregorius is worth is worth like a 30 minute episode on his own because Seriously. he he probably had the hardest job in the last 20 years in baseball, right? Like yeah. he was the Great handpicked point. successor for Derek fricking Jeter. Yeah. And he was good, but he wasn't Derek Jeter. So of course, New York ran him out of town. Makes sense. Uh, National League Central, Pete and I have the same guy. And I, I think it's fair, honestly, because much like the Phillies who have a chance to contend in the NL East, if the stars align, Milwaukee has a chance to contend in the NL Central. You have a feeling that St. Louis is the odds-on favorite in that division, and they are. But then, like, there's this elusive maybe wild card spot there, and it might go to somebody in the East. You have to assume the Padres or the Dodgers are going to get it. The Padres, the Dodgers are going to win the West. Like, we know that. Um, Obviously. But then, like, that second wild card spot kind of feels like the Milwaukee Brewers could be in contention. And... I think that only comes if they have three quality starters. We know they have two in Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Freddie Peralta started one game and appeared in 14 games as a bullpen arm in 2020. He was out of the pen in the first series. He started Tuesday against the Cubs this year, went five innings of one hit ball. 
So in seven innings so far this year, has 14 strikeouts, three hits, and no earned runs on his book. He has walked seven guys in seven innings, but like he's throwing this nasty breaking pitch so much more. Last year, he threw his fastball 74% of the time. This year, it's down to 51% of the time. So if they have that third starter and Freddie Peralta seems to be figuring it out, they could be looking at that second wild card spot. I agree. And I, I don't even need to touch on it that much. Freddie Peralta, I think, is developing into that three after Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns that they definitely need. And those two pitchers at the top of the rotation look really good. So Freddie Peralta can slide in that three spot. And something that I noticed that I just really wanted to touch upon, he was 93 last year. He's 94 and a half this year. Yep. His advanced numbers, like his FIP and his ex-FIP and all these crazy stats, they're much lower than his ERA, which means he might have gone into a little bit of bad luck. He might have, you know, a couple runners here and there, but he's a really good pitcher and he's just 25 years old. He has a ton of potential. Dustin, what do you think about the NL Central? Um, I like the Brewers. I think that I don't think I think they can contend for winning the division 100 um, percent. Their bullpen's deeper than you think, too. Um, I know they got those two studs at the top. But the Brewers have like they have a bunch of weird arms like that are coming Suter. from different slots. Yeah, like just they got a they got a lot of different things going on there. I they like have Yardley Brewers. throwing submarine like a beast throwing eighty. <laughs> they got all kinds of they got all kinds of shit over there. Um, I got Kyle Hendricks from the Cubs. Another another not sexy, no, pick, but kind of sexy. No, it's super bit. sexy. I love Kyle. A Hendricks. little bit. I love Kyle Hendricks. Um, about. 2015 to 2020. First of all, how old do you think Kyle Hendricks is? He's 34, 35, 39. That's what that's what you'd think. He's 31. No shit. I thought he was 39. I swear. I I thought he was too. I I live in his town and I didn't know that. He's 31. Like he's still pretty young. Um, since 2015, 2015, 2020, average 161 innings, about 180 if you include COVID. Um, 131 ERA plus. Like that's that's legit. That's 30% better than your average starter. Doesn't strike guys out, but doesn't walk guys. Um, some some advanced stats that I looked up that I thought were kind of interesting. He only has a 15% chase rate. So he's not getting swings and misses out of the zone. He's not getting anything out of the zone. That just means that this man is a master of manipulating his pitches and just controlling the inside of the strike zone, which is so amazing. I just think he's – I love Kyle Hendricks. All right, just wrapping up with the uh, National League West, I'll hop right in with with a guy that I think could be that, I'm going to say cult favorite for the second time on this pod. But, you know, when the eighth inning rolls around and the Dodgers are in the World Series again and you see this tall, lanky redhead come out of the bullpen throwing 100 with crazy tail, like people are going to fall in love with Dustin May again. And dude's an absolute freak. In his start Monday, he sat 98, had 16 whiffs, and allowed just two hits in six innings. That's so stupid. So stupid. My next pick is uh, obviously from the NL West from the Dodgers as well. Edwin Rios is so underrated. He's just the most talented third baseman. He can drive the ball to all fields. He's got 40 plus home run pop. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of a left-handed Eugenio Suarez. I think both have, uh, they're going to both going to strike out a lot but they're both going to play good defense. They're both going to hit for a lot of power. I think Rios, we could see 260 to 270. He's blocked right now, obviously, by Justin Turner, but he's been playing, 
and he's just been raking. Edwin Rios is a stud, and he should get a full-time gig as soon as possible. I'm, I'm with that. Um, I 100% think that – I think he carries good trade value, too. I think the Dodgers should trade him. I think he I needs agree. to play every day. Traded. He's, he's such a stud. So is May. May's incredible. I got Herman Marquez from the Rockies. Yep. Um, vastly underrated pitcher. He goes out. He takes the ball all the time. He's always giving you 30 starts. He uh, led the league in starts and innings last year. State averages 96 miles an hour on his heater. His breaking ball is disgusting. Like, he gets whiffs on the breaking ball. It's gross. The ERA from 2017 to 2020 is 4.2, but, you yeah, know, Colorado. I'm telling yeah, you, scores. this guy, this guy's a top 20, top 30 pitcher if he's ever out of Coors. And you've been really on the Herman Marquez wave for a while now, and now I feel like it's actually starting to develop into what you've been saying. Because I was never a big Herman Marquez guy at uh, Coors, but then you you watch him, you see the you stuff, watch and if he can move to a good ballpark where he's not getting crushed with these enormous outfields and the the air's thin, so the <laughs> ball just leaves the yard in two seconds. I think he could actually be a really good pitcher. And if the Rockies decide to trade him to a contender. He could be a really good playoff push pitcher. Seriously. Before we wrap things up, I, I feel like it would be a miss if we didn't mention that the Cincinnati Reds are playing in zero gravity right now. Winners of five <laughs> in a row. I mean, like they are getting, I, I do this th- every morning. I'll watch like two to three condensed games on MLB TV. And until further notice, the Cincinnati Reds are getting the condensed game treatment because this offense <laughs> is just so fun to watch. Yeah. Cassianos I also wanted to touch upon quickly a team that's like sucking right now. The A's look like the 2018 Orioles. Yeah, what the hell's going on? And I picked the A's to be so good this year. I still like their lineup, but Dustin and I were talking too. They have zero starting pitching. Yeah, I don't. I don't like Chris Bassett. I love no. Jesus Lazardo, but that's it. But that's that's it. it. There's not a lot going on over there. <laughs> and no Hendricks in that pen. It hurts. Yeah, I know. They it don't hurt. They don't. I mean, I was, I was asking Dustin, I think the A's need to trade back for Blake Trennan again from the Dodgers. Get him back. Yeah. Uh, Dustin, great to have you on the pod again, man. Thanks for having me on boys. Pleasure. This is fun. All right. Talk to you Tuesday. This was the project to play podcast. Have a good weekend. Thank you everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.